Welcome to Gapology Radio with your hosts, Mark Tinas and Brian Brockhoff. This is your leadership development podcast where they share unique insights with the purpose of helping leaders achieve their greatest potential. You can learn more by reading their books, Gapology, Imbar, and Speed of Purpose, or by participating in one of their workshops. All of this and more can be found on their website, gapology.org. Hey everybody, welcome to Gapology Radio. We're back from our holiday break where we spent a lot of time preparing for the new podcast season ahead. We have a ton of new topics to share with you that will address many of the real world issues and performance gaps that we as leaders face every day. We have several guests lined up as well to share some of their insights on these topics too. In fact, tonight, Judy and Sarah Shulock, our new partners, will be joining us to discuss our first topic, improving communication with Gapology. So let's get the show rolling and start the call. Hey, Mark. Hey, Judy. Hey, Sarah. How's everybody? Brian. How's it going? Great. Good, good. Are you guys all excited to kick off the new season of Gapology Radio? Yeah. Absolutely. Change the world. Yeah, no, it's awesome to have you guys on. And I think that the season that we have planned is going to be really exciting. Uh, we've laid everything out ahead of time. So we have some really great topics that we're going to talk about and how they relate to Gapology. And then we'll tie them into how they relate to Imbar and Speed of Purpose as well. So for today, one of the root solutions that we keep hearing time and time again, that is a struggle for many leaders, especially as we've moved to more remote workforces, is the need for improved communication. So we thought that improving communication with Gapology would be a great topic to start with this year. And communication is really that foundation that everything in leadership is built upon. If you struggle with communication, you're going to struggle with all aspects of leadership. So I think that we can all share here from our vast individual backgrounds. Uh, all this can really help the listeners out there. So what what do you guys think? I love it. <laughs> I'm pretty biased, but I'm a big fan of communication myself. Yeah. Good. Without it, we fail. Absolutely. So Mark, do you have some initial thoughts on that? Yeah. So communication can be improved dramatically with Gapology. So for any of you that don't know Gapology, uh, the process is simply to close the knowledge gap with yourself and the team, close the importance gap with yourself and the team, why things matter, and then close the action gap with yourself and the team, what we need to do. And that is becoming significantly challenged in the remote workforce, significantly. And leaders are assuming that the Zoom call worked. Oh, yeah. I communicated all of it on the Zoom call. We're there. We got it. No problem. Wrong. Wrong. So they're making assumptions that are not in place, and that is causing significant communication issues. So we have a, we have a, a saying in Gapology, assume nothing. You have to verify that the team understood the direction that they understood why it mattered and that they understood what they needed to do. And uh, that's being glossed over. It is being glossed over. We have teams that have never met each other before working together. And when there's a nod of the head, they say, ah, they got it. Yeah. Yeah. They're, 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 they're right there. They're on track and it's just not true. So the leader needs to close their own gaps first. The leader assumes that the gaps are with the team. The gaps are with them. 
they need to know that the team got the information. So we've got a couple of experts with us today, uh, Judy and Sarah, relatively speaking, coaching experts and Gapology VPs. So let's just talk about the, uh, the knowledge gap and the uh, significant assumption by leaders that their message was understood. Judy, I'll throw it to you. Yeah, I think that, you know, it's interesting that you bring up like the Zoom calls because even ahead of Zoom, you know, people thought because they said something, it was understood. So even without an acknowledgement or a confirmation of the understanding, and as you said, you know, understanding what the person needs to know, what why it's important and what they need to do. Now with Zoom, uh, you mentioned a minute ago that when they see the nodding of the head, oftentimes with Zoom calls, they don't even see a nodding of a head because they don't even see a head. You know, so it's way magnified right now. And um, Sarah and I have really recognized through people that we've been communicating with just the frustration from these new team members who haven't even met the others and they're supposed to be connected. And there are a lot of challenges. And I think that, I mean, obviously I've always been a big fan of how Gapology can close these gaps, but now more than ever in the world of Zoom, it's it's a really big deal. Yeah, yeah. Sarah, what do you think? Well, I love Judy's take on it because as usual with Relatively Speaking, we have had similar experiences, but they're different to the industry or the length of time that we spent in them. And so I learned in Judy's shadow here about training and human resources. And it's interesting because this question reminds me of when I started working at this digital marketing agency before, um, before relatively speaking was even a thing. And someone asked me, they said, if you come onto your, our team, what is the first thing you're going to do to make sure that the team likes you, <laughs> which was kind of a strange way that they put it, but I, I knew what they meant to make sure that the, the team had synergy and that I worked well together. And I said, well, I would get to know them all. I would, I would find out how they talk and communicate and work and want to be worked with. And I think that we have to consider the way in which we close the gap is also going to be unique for the team members because you're going to find people these days who really prefer texting, really prefer email. Some people like that horrendous group chat thing we're doing now, but whatever it is, yeah. <laughs> whatever it is, you, you, you meet the people where they are because I think the days of, of saying unilaterally, this is the way that our team does X, Y, Z is out the window. I mean, we're taking calls from our pajamas and, and living rooms. You know, you're seeing more cats walk across the screen than you're and you know shared screen so i think it's it's changing everything but it's it's opening the door to communicate which i think plays really well into gapology where it takes the emotion out of it and it allows people to just look at it surgically and say let's close this gap yeah no i love it i think yeah the the nodding of the head is now like a head fake so the team knows if they nod on the zoom call Mm-hmm. that the leader will shut up and move on. And it's a head thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the leader does not know that they know. So there needs to be some follow-up, you know? So like, Judy, tell me what you just learned and, uh, you know, what your takeaways were, you know, the random recaps. We teach right. that. We, we teach that in Gapology. Random recaps are key. 
where you call on someone and have them confirm the knowledge gap is closed and then get the group to confirm around that. That's a big deal. And in this Zoom world, you know, the, the nodding of the head just gets the leader to move on. It is so funny. If you think yeah. about it for a minute, the reason we're meeting likely on this Zoom call, let's say, is that we need to take action. So the meeting is designed to create action. In order to create action, and again, for those of you that don't know Gapology, you have to close the knowledge gap, then the importance gap, and that will close or move you to close the action gap. You have to go in that sequence. So if you start with a knowledge gap that's not closed, you do not get to action. You may think you did, you do not get to action. So we have to help leaders connect the fact that knowledge is the first step in the three steps, you know, they get us to get us to action. The leader needs to know. The leader needs to know. Any tactics, Judy or Sarah, around getting to know that the team knows? Well, I think what you you mentioned, the the random recaps, you know, that you're going to, I think when you're just talking about meetings in general, there, I think when there's such a misconception that meetings are effective just because they took place. (laughs) Totally. Totally. Say that again. Say that again. Well, that people feel that meetings are effective because they occurred or they took place. (laughs) Yeah. Brian, can you write that down? (laughs) Yeah, I got it. That's awesome. Yeah. We need that like on a t-shirt. Yep. No, that's, that's exactly right. And I think as leaders evolve, they, And there's so much respect, I think, that is gained from a leader who holds an effective meeting. I mean, people will talk. People do not want to come to meetings that are much ado about nothing. Nothing happens. Nothing nothing is generated out of them. And I think leaders are really respected when they when they do the specific things that are called out in Gapology, when they have an agenda, there's a specific purpose. And when people know that they're going to be held accountable throughout the meeting, so they're going to be um, having these random recaps, like what are we going to make sure that, what are the actions that are, have to take place? What is going to be done? Committing to an understanding of what people need to do. You know, when people know that those things, and that just happens once and they they either are the person that is called upon to do a random recap or they see it happen to someone else. They're going to be paying a lot of attention going forward. So, and I just think that people really so much respect is gained for them, for the leader who holds great meetings, who like they're, and they're normally not the longest meetings. It's like, it doesn't have to be a long meeting to be a good meeting. It's like, what is the purpose? What are we going to get done? What do we need to know? You know, why is it important? What do we need to do? Let's make sure we all understand. Let's go. Yeah, no, I love that. And everybody needs to write down random recaps because that is a leader's secret weapon to know what was heard, not to just guess, right. but to know what was heard. And that, that's the first step in the knowledge gap. You've you got to know. You gotta know. People today, you know, you take the Zoom world, they're multitasking often while you're speaking, the leader, you know, is speaking. 
They're multitasking. And they may have totally missed the most significant piece of the knowledge, you know, that they needed to take away. So we have to know. Uh, Sarah, Sarah, what, uh, what are your thoughts? Well, Mark, I really appreciate how you, you've structured it and kind of explained that you have to close the knowledge gap and then the importance gap to lead you to the point of closing the action gap. Because I know that in the modern workplace, there's a lot of emphasis on emotion and people feeling passionate about their work. And I think it's kind of buzzy. So I think what's, what's happening is there's this reliance, which is maybe as, as taboo to say as Judy's comment about meetings being valuable for taking place. But um, sometimes there's a, a trust or an assumption in your workforce that they have the skills that you expect them to have when they walk in the door because they might've put it on their resume or their LinkedIn or someone gave them a fluffy recommendation and then they get there. And if you as a leader, which you're talking about, again, these, these faults don't all lie in the team, but if you as a leader aren't creating the type of environment where your team can ask questions and they can raise their hand and say, I don't understand this because there's fear of reprimand or this you know, belittlement, then it's going to be really hard to get them up the commitment ladder and really buy into the organization, some spoilers later in the book. Um, but it's really, it's really important for you as the leader to create that environment that feels like a safe space, not just getting them to rally around a cause, which can feel kind of temporary, uh, like a flash in the pan, like, oh, let's do this big let's company culture. <laughs> and then you, you missed everything about knowledge. Yeah, yeah Sarah, so. I think that's super important the way that you even brought up that culture of communication. And I often heard, um, you know, people would talk about the open door, like I have an open door policy. And it's not really if your door is open or not. It's if you are open to communication from people. And if people, if you set that culture, which we talk a lot about in Gapology, of having a culture of accountability and a culture of openness where somebody feels comfortable being able to ask questions, then they're going to do that. And they're going to gain that true understanding because they felt they could ask um, a moment in time question. So they do it because there's that comfort level. And I know when I was a very young leader, um, seems like a long time ago, but I used to think that when I like stated my case and no one had any questions that I was really clear. And I found out later that what I really did is I just didn't have that culture of open communication, you know, and that comes with time. And um, I think prompting, prompting people to ask questions in the moment, giving them that comfort, that's where true understanding can take place because people have the comfort to ask questions when the topic is in under discussion instead of after the fact when they're on a separate call or used to be in the hallway, but now maybe it's on the post call where people can have their communications. We want people to talk during the call. What are your questions? Let's make sure this is crystal clear. You truly have this understanding. So you have that knowledge gap closed. And now you can go on to the next one. No, I love it. Yeah. So yeah. So no questions is another head fake to get right? the leader to move on. So you know who, who needs to ask the questions? The leader. Right. The, right. the leader needs to go right to you and say, okay, Judy, what did you get out of this first segment of the meeting? Sarah, yeah. what did you get out of this first segment of the meeting? And then everybody knows, so it exposes it. So the bottom line for the knowledge gap is the leader needs to know what the team knows. 
Write that down, yeah. Brian. That's pretty good too. Yep. The leader needs to know what the team knows. That's yeah. Huge. And I, I think that's really so important because I think going into gapology, whether it's communication or other topics that we're talking about, we kind of go into gapology thinking that everyone else has the problem. And then the more you like get into gapology, it's like, oh my gosh, it's like, this is like so on me as the leader. I mean, if people don't ask questions, then I need to be asking the questions, right? I can't just yeah. like in the meeting and say, well, it wasn't, wasn't a good meeting because no one asked any questions. Those darn people, mm-hmm. you know, like, what am I going to do as a leader to make sure the end result here is good? I remember in a Gapology meeting once, big group, I suggested to the group that they all carry a mirror around, a mirror around. And if they ever needed to know where the gap was to simply look in the mirror, Mm -hmm. because the gap was them, not the team, it was them. I remember you and I, Judy, changed a simple tactic in the restaurant world once and suddenly sales of a specific item exploded who was the gap us or the team it was us it was us all right let's move on importance gap so the importance gap is the why so if the team doesn't really know the why they're never going to be motivated to deliver at the level that they could if they really bought into the why so they need to know why it matters why what we're doing matters. And they need to be able to explain the business case. If they're able to explain the business case, wow, we leap forward dramatically. And leaders again here can't assume that the team knows the why. One of the big gaps is, hey, they know, and and I feel good that the knowledge gap is closed. And they're assuming that the importance gap is closed as well. They, they shouldn't assume that. They need to ask the team why it matters. And once they can connect with why it matters, it really solidifies moving to the action gap and, and getting it done. So um, the importance gap is very similar. Leaders need to ask, not tell. They can give the business case, but then they need to ask. Leaders need to ask more questions than they need to make statements. It changes everything when they're asking questions. Judy, I don't know if you were with me for that year when I had a coach with me for the year that would not allow me to speak unless I asked questions. I could only lead with questions. I could Mm -hmm. never make statements. Once I learned that and why that mattered and why that coach was doing that, it changed everything. Because by leading with questions, I fully understood where the team was coming from. It didn't matter what I thought. It mattered what they thought. So what what are your thoughts or what what are some of the tactics you've used to close the importance gap? No, I think that um, asking the questions, and it's interesting because it made me think of the commitment ladder. And if somebody understands like what to do, like, okay, I'm going to comply. I'm going to do it. If you grew up in the household, but because I said so, it's like, okay, I'm going to do it, but I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do what you ask. I'm not going to do any more. I'm just going to do what you asked me to do because you told me to. And that's, that's how I grew up. That's what I do. You'd say to do something, I do it. 
when I understand why, then it's like a light bulb goes on where it's like, oh, now I understand why. Now that that motivates me to to want to do it because I understand it. Now I want to not just comply, but now I'm committed to what you're asking me to accomplish because I understand it. So I think, I mean, it's just funny because I was, as you know, um, with one of our current companies that we've just taken Gapology to, which is our Bakhtarok, Sarah and I presented Gapology to Bakhtarok. And so this whole Gapology concept is, just overtaken our organization. And I was talking to our assistant director of Bakhtarak today, and he was talking about getting people to follow the curriculum at Bakhtarak. And he was talking about how he had explained first, he had, he doesn't have to be like mandating it and he doesn't have to be mean about it, but he's just going through and asking questions. And it's, it's, getting them to commit not to comply. I think that's the difference of asking questions and understanding where they're coming from and explaining where you're coming from that gets true commitment, not just compliance. And that just, to me, doubles and triples your results that you're going to get when people are committed instead of just complying. And that, yeah, that, yeah the why that, changes everything. Exactly. You know, it's, I mean, I just, and that's kind of, there's so many other things that come from the why it's like, it's the storytelling, you know, it's the bringing in the emotion of something that explains like why it's, I don't know. I love storytelling. And I think that's where a lot of why comes from is when you're telling stories and explaining things to people. Yes. Yeah, storytelling is a great way to explain the why. Brian, yeah. write that down. That's a huge thing. That, that leaders forget. They don't know that, Sarah. Seriously. Storytelling sort of explains the why, and it makes an emotional connection to the why right. that wouldn't be there otherwise. That's huge. Well, That's I'm glad huge. you guys are using these terms because in another one of my lives, since we all have many, many things that we're into, um, I work with nonprofit organizations. So not just with Relatively Speaking, but in my own uh, career, I do that as well. And in this you almost feel like the why is baked in when you work with nonprofits, right? Because nonprofits, they're not for profit. It is charity work. It is community driven. It is a group of people who are kind of banding together to fight for something. So there's almost that altruistic rose tinted glasses that you'd want to believe that everybody already knows. But again, what did we say about assumptions? assume nothing. So yeah. I can't assume that these people just intrinsically know importance because they believe in the organization. So just as Judy and I often kind of counter each other's industries that I've worked in more state organizations, agencies, and nonprofits, but she's had her share in them too. So I don't know if it's more difficult or less difficult to get the why in a, you know, a corporate environment than it is in a nonprofit environment, but even when you have people who are passionate and driven towards what you think is that importance gap closure, um, you can also get them distracted with your leadership as we're bringing this back to it, not always falling on the team, having these issues. But as a leader, if you're not really concise with the number of priorities you have and the order that you expect them in, or the way that you expect follow-up to be handled. Like, I don't need you to solve the problem. Just tell me what you're at with it and keep me, keep me in the loop along the way. 
those things go a long way when you're setting those expectations and telling people that's why it's important for us to stay in line so that if you need anything, I'm here. And it actually doubles as an additional place of support after you've closed that knowledge gap and moved on from the training that you can still show you're like, you know, walk in and step with them. Yeah. Um, you, you would have loved to have been in the meeting I was in the other day. So we were in a meeting, there's 20 people there probably. And we were talking about our purpose as an organization. And I asked the group, why would our purpose and will our purpose be in place 100 years from now? And they all thought for a moment and then they all started to answer. And they felt that our purpose would be in place 100 years from now. And they were able to explain why. And that's because the importance gap was closed. It made an emotional connection with them to the level where they were able to say a hundred years from now, this will still be our purpose. It matters. And that's what you get in the nonprofit world often is a connection with purpose and, and the why, you know, that that's just, you know, irreplaceable. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Write that down, Brian. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm running out of lead in my pencil here. <laughs> so the the action gap then, we're well on our way if we've done a great job closing the knowledge gap and the importance gap. And again, most leaders move very quickly to the action and haven't closed the knowledge and importance gap. So, you know, think carefully about all of the things we've talked about because they set you up to win if you've closed them. So now you're at now you're at action. One of the great things to do is to turn to the team and ask questions again. What do we need to do? What do we need to do? What are the actions we need to take? So if you've truly closed the knowledge gap and the importance gap, the team is going to answer that pretty damn well. And then you can get them to rally around it and commit to it and you're there. You are there. So again, you could you could tell them the actions or you could turn it to them and open it up a bit and uh, just just, you know, add some clarifying. So once you get to this point, you truly are nearly there. So, Judy, what, what are your thoughts around getting that action gap at this point? Well, I I agree that you've you've gotten to that point that when. If you turn it to the team and they are the ones that come up with what the action is that needs to be taken, if it's their idea, even if it's kind of obvious because of everything you've led them to, if it ends up being their idea, they just have more of a commitment to begin with. And so then, you know, they're, you know, I think it's important that they come up with what that action should be. And then the leader just confirms. And I was talking about this today because I don't think there's a day I don't talk about some aspect of Gapology. And in the same, this is our meeting, Tuesday is our meeting day at Gap at uh, to Rock. And we were talking about closing these gaps, which is just so cool. Um, but I was talking when this assistant director was so cool because he was talking about curriculum as his um 
thing that he's really on right now, making sure that we're closing this gap. And he's following up with everyone. And he used to have seven people that weren't hitting their goals. And now there's only four people. And, you know, and he continues to just ask questions of them. And, um, you know, I said, well, it's so important that you're doing that because you're setting up culture of accountability. Because if you do all of these things with when you're doing it with one thing, people are going to expect it with everything else you ask them. So if this is where you're starting and you went through and made sure they knew and you made sure they knew the importance and you set that action or if they set the action and now you're following up on it, you're setting that culture of accountability. And that's an important part of the leader's role. Once again, it's not just those people took the action or didn't take the action. It's like the leader is taking the time to make sure they're following through on that culture of accountability through everything they do. If it's worth everything, like setting the appropriate knowledge and setting the appropriate importance, it's worth it to take that time to hold them accountable. Otherwise, if you're not going to take the time to make sure you're holding them accountable, then don't even do the other steps because you're just, you're creating a culture of not having accountability. So I don't know. It's, I just love this. I'm so passionate about it. And I, um, it's just, I don't want to say it's not that hard, but it's really not that hard. (laughs) Well, I think, I think for you, you know, you look back and you've accomplished great things and each time you've accomplished one of those great things, you could probably clearly document why that happened and the steps that you went through. And I think that's the key. And to understand that it's the knowledge importance and action gaps that you closed, um, you know, really, really becomes a validation of, of, of the process. So um, I think a lot of the newer leaders, you know, in, in the workforce today need to have those successes because then they can replicate knowledge, importance and action and, and really, you know, full, fully connect with, with what we're talking about. So, yeah, and, I agree. and, and you know, and, and accomplish great things, you know, great things. I remember the day you and I moved, I think it was for a quarter, we moved a plus 3% category trending to plus 31. You know, that was accomplished by closing the knowledge, the importance, and the action gap. And once we learned that, we both learned from that, it helped us, you know, the next time we went after something and again and again and again. Yeah, I, and, it, it's know, definitely it's, something that can be replicated. And I think the whole key in this, the fact is that so many, I think great leaders have great intentions, but they have too many things on their plate. And it's one of those things that we have to learn to say no to some of the stuff that's not as important so that the stuff that's really important that we make sure we do it well and go through this whole process of making sure people do have the knowledge that they understand the importance and that they understand what the actions are and that we're going to hold them accountable to it and recognize their successes and be there to say, hey, you didn't get this, but we said we were going to do this. And but you just, you have to pick the right things and not have as many. I think that's one of the big keys. And um, I remember, Mark, when you came into Buffalo Wild Wings, because we all get into these organizations, it's a new organization. There's so many things we want to do and we want to conquer the world and do a million things. And we have to make sure that we like pull ourselves back and say, 
what is going to make the biggest difference? And what do I want to do really well? Because I'm going to do it really well. I have to make sure I go through the knowledge, the importance, and the action, and it will work. And then when I accomplish those things, then I can move on to the next most important thing or things. But you can do a couple at a time, but as much as we all think we can, we can't do 10 major things really well. Write that down, Brian. <laughs> Got it. I think that one's in there already. <laughs> yeah. All these you, things you, I learned from Mark and then I, can't I, do I, I say really them again well. and he says, write that down to make me feel. You could almost write a book from this. Sarah, Sarah, the floor is yours. Well, I don't want to sound like too much of an echo chamber after what you guys have been saying, because it's so rich in, in accuracy. But I, one thing that I think is really interesting as we're trying to once again frame this as looking in the mirror and being the leader that people want to emulate and follow, I think what's really important is practicing what you preach in, in terms of closing your own action gap. And I think that when we talk about the action gap and yeah, we think a lot of it is on the team because it's up to them to physically or, or emotionally make that action that they need to. But if you've created a culture, just like the, the culture of accountability, if you've created a culture where people come up to you and they ask you, where is that thing that you are going to give me? Where's the document? Where is the file? Where is the report? Where is the X, Y, Z? And if you constantly say, oh, I didn't get to it, then it's, it's kind of compounding off of what Judy was saying, where there's too much stuff on your plate for you to be an effective leader. And how could they rely on you if you can't close your action gaps? And, and then they might think, well, I, at least I'm doing as good as they are because I'm, I'm, I have my reports as often as they do, right? So you're creating this subpar expectation that, that counteracts everything you've probably done, closing the knowledge and action and importance gaps. Yes, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Did you get yeah. that, Brian? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that is really very profound, Sarah, because you're really, um, you know, there's a lot around integrity and trust from people when they look at you as a leader. And a lot of times people just think that um, trust comes like, I would never lie. I would never like steal I have integrity, but a lot of the way that people look at integrity as from their leader is that you do what you say you're going to do. And even if it's a small thing, like you say that you are going to meet this person for the meeting at 1215 and you're there at 1212 ready for that person. They're like, they start trusting their leader. Yeah. They start believing that when their leader says they're going to do something, they do it. And a lot of people don't really get that as um, I think in, as young leaders, they just, they, they learn somehow the pain, a painful way that. At what point am I supposed to be offended by all this young leader ageism talk? I'm just curious. <laughs> we don't feel you possibly could be offended from the young. We just feel like we could possibly be offended by the old. So True. that's, that's fair. Yeah. But I think, I think what you're saying is really good. You know, like if you're going to expect people to be accountable to what they say they're going to do, then as your as the leader, you need to be demonstrating accountability to what you say you're going to do because you are setting an example. I think it's great. Yeah. 
Yeah, so our, our simple communication methodology at Gapology was to, if you were speaking to a group, to tell them what they needed to know, do some verification back. So that was the first piece. Tell them why it mattered, get some verification back, and then tell them what, as a group, we needed to do and get mm -hmm. verification back. And when that happened, magic happened. When all three of the gaps were closed, we got to action and magic, magic happened. So Brian, what, what did we miss? Yeah, I think we hit on everything. Um, but I want to just circle back on a couple of things, uh, a couple of things that I've thought of and really reiterate some of the things that we've been saying. So first of all, order matters. Structure matters. We close the knowledge gap first, then the importance gap, and then the action gap. And when we talk about closing the knowledge gap, I feel like we need to seek when closing the knowledge gap, right? So really look for opportunities to do that. And when we seek to close the knowledge gap, we need to start with ourselves. We need to look for our own knowledge gaps and then move on to any knowledge gaps our teams may have. Our knowledge gaps are going to drive the knowledge gaps that might be happening with our teams. So start with yourself. So what do I need to know first? And then what do they need to know? And then do the same thing with the importance gap. So seek to close the importance gap with ourselves first and then our teams. Because any importance gap that we have will drive the importance gaps with the team. So if we're not clear on why something's important, we need to own it and get it cleared up. So why does it matter to me? And then ensure that they understand why it matters for them. And then, of course, it's the same thing for the action gap. Seek to close the action gap first with ourselves. We need to start by taking action on the things that are the most important, and then with our team. I really think that structure is critical with this stuff. Communication happens, regardless if it's structured or not. But the message might not be exactly what you want if it's not structured. And it might not be delivering your purpose, your objectives, your goals, or expectations. Brian, if I could jump in, I love yeah. how you were talking about the close this the, the knowledge gap within yourself first because it trickles down. And I think as somebody who recently joined an existing organization, and there are so many pain points that Judy and I see in our coaching with Relatively Speaking about change management, I think that all of this is critically important for leaders of any age who are new to an organization, because you all of a sudden you kind of inherit wherever people were on that, that commitment ladder before. And so you're walking into basically a minefield where you don't know who's truly committed, who's going to say they're committed, but they're interviewing elsewhere. And if you just walk in saying, I know everything and I'm going to tell you what needs to be done and you're not asking questions and you're not fixing yourself first, that was, that was the first thing that I did for probably two and a half months in this new organization was I just learned about it. I said, give me everything. I want to soak it up like a sponge. I want to absorb it. I want to know everything that I can so that I feel confident no matter which stakeholder I'm talking to, whether it's an investor or a team member or a board member, that I have that base. And it was that confidence that I think others will say, well, if I had more knowledge, I'd feel that confident. And I think that that's the best way to, to lead proactively. Yeah, and Sarah, I'm going to change my verbiage here to young leader to inexperienced leader because, for one thing, you've been a leader 
for longer than many and many more years than people your age. Because when Sarah was, she was an intern at Buffalo Wild Wings and she was working in, but she came in, she was like working filing things. And like they came in, they're like, people came out to me and they said, oh my gosh, you just wouldn't believe what your daughter has done. Like we asked her to file these files and she like reorganized the whole file room and like read, did everything. So I always say that a leader doesn't have to be at a certain level to lead and you've been leading for a long time. So when I would say inexperienced leaders, not young, it's not, it's not an age thing. It's, it's a, um, being in. I thought you were going to bring up the the planning my own seventh grade birthday party. <laughs> seventh grade birthday party. You were seven There's years seven, old. Seven, yes. Yes. <laughs> she planned her own birthday party at seven years old at Chuck E. Cheese's. I was so impressed. I'm shocked. I am shocked. I didn't give it her was a skate. It was, it was a skate rink. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I'm not a detail person, but. Um. <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I think that about does it for today. Um, are there any final comments from anyone? Yeah. If we go back to the beginning, uh, leaders need to assume nothing. They need to realize that they're often the gap. They need to close the knowledge gap with their team and verify that close the importance gap with their team and verify that and close the action gap with the team and verify that. And from that will, um, uh, Great things will come. Great things will come. Absolutely. Great results will occur. So, yeah, it's never been a more important time than now for Gapology, for sure. Write that down, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I got it. I got it. All right, uh, everybody, uh, I think that's it for tonight. Everybody have a fantastic evening. We'll talk to you all later. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. All right, that'll do it from here. For more information on Gapology, head on over to our website, gapology.org. Everyone have a fantastic week. We'll talk to you soon. This has been a Gapology Institute production. Visit us at gapology.org.